AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. Hello and welcome to another Friday night live stream. Uh, I am in my happy place right now. I have a microphone in front of me and I'm speaking with my friend Angela. And uh, today is going to be light and easy. It's just going to be a little discussion about, um, you know, talks that we've given in AA, our experiences doing that, um, some maybe some tips and suggestions, uh, uh, different things along those lines. And you know, I've certainly had some embarrassing moments uh, speaking in Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and then I've, ha- I've had some successes as well. But um, it would be fun to hear your experiences that you've had when you've gone out to speak, um, because uh, crazy things happen in AA, as we all know. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I I did want to address, you know, some a serious thing before we get started. So um, next week, I I, um, I chatted our, our friend Willow. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to join us um, because uh, I think we should do a topic on having difficult conversations in recovery. You know, so like AA says that it, it uh, you know, has no opinion on outside issues, which, you know, that's fine. Um, but right now, I can say personally for me that I'm having difficulty um, in uh, wrapping my mind around and working with, you know, my own um complicity in systemic racial inequality and uh and that i'm finding that rather than processing my own guilt um which you know i kind of define as uh that you know if you have some choices i didn't make a great one um and so i need to process you know how i can do better um next time um but i'm being hijacked by shame you know from you know you know, shame and shame is more of the, you know, I'm an awful human being. It's in my DNA. And, and so then I can't move on to looking at things when I'm hijacked by shame. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I think that, um, some of us that are looking at this, um, and processing it, um, would like to have a conversation about how we're doing that in our recovery. Um, because I'm seeing some people get really, um, uh, frozen, I guess, and, um, and too afraid to look at some of these things or have difficult conversations with their families and friends, um, because they're afraid that the shame will cause them to drink. And so, you know, how, how do we as people who are recovered or, um, have some sobriety work with, you know, really difficult conversations in recovery? So, um, yeah, so, that's what I would like to do next week. But uh, this week I'm excited about um, about talking about stories because that's uh, that's an important thing within within AA. And um, you know the other thing is too. I just realized how that sounded. Um, but you know stories is uh, is how we relate to each other. You know I, I think it's the real um, the real uh, you know secret sauce in AA, you know, um, cause some people are like, well, it's, it's the meetings. Well, without people sharing their stories and their experience, you know, um, yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't meet with them. Um, you know, we just all look at each other or whatever. It's, it's the story that, um, helps us connect to another, um, alcoholic or another person in recovery. 
So, yeah, yeah that's that's no, I agree. The stories are, are everything to me. Um, and it wasn't always that way. There was a time when I hated speaker meetings, but now they're, all, they're my favorite type of meeting, actually. And I think the difficult conversations will be a really good podcast. I mean, um, there there we have a we have a problem in AA, too, you know, when it comes to race, you know, we've got um um, what is it like 2% of the uh, population in Alcoholics Anonymous is African-American. And that's like compared to what, like it's 18% um, of the population is African-American. And it's actually a lower percentage in AA than it is in NA. And there's something about AA that is an obstacle there, I think. Um, and it's something that's worth looking at. And I have certainly seen examples of um, racism in Alcoholics Anonymous and uh you know, blatant racism. So, um, yeah, this, this is a good time to, to, t- to talk about that. And Friday, which would be Juneteenth is a, is a good day to, to do that. Yeah. Thinking about what we're talking about today is sharing our stories, our personal stories and, and this at AA meetings, speaker meetings, et cetera. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And I think somebody in the in the Facebook group had made some comment. I don't quite recall what it was, but about extra experience, strength, oh, and hope. Yeah, about not, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know that I I I read it as they didn't want us to to say that. Um, but but you know, yeah. My thing is one, you know, don't boss me. <laughs> and, um, two, you know, I do somewhat agree because you know uh, when I was first asked to to share at a speaker meeting, um, you know, I was terrified of you know like how do you do that? I I've seen other people do that, but you know, it, there's not like directions on on how to do that, and and people would say you know uh, just be yourself, which is not a good a good advice for me because I'm I'm just a, a weirdo. Um, but share your experience, strength, and hope, and that's still even you know pretty general (laughs) it's like well how do i do that what does that mean so so yeah so several people have asked me over you know the last few years how to do it and and we can talk in a little bit about um about my thoughts on on setting up a um a little outline to help you stay on task and, and such um you know if that's your goal is to share your experience strength and hope yeah. He mentioned that he, he, um, doesn't think that we need to stick to that formula of <clears throat> what it was like, what happened and what, what it's like now. And, and he's right. I mean, that's an easy thing to fall back on because it's a nice little easy formula. So if you haven't, you know, really, um, prepared anything or don't know what you're going to talk about, that's always a good, good, good way to go. But, um, heck yesterday I spoke at the, uh, beyond belief group on, at their zoom meeting and what I did with that is um, I wanted to share something about something that I've learned recently. And, you know, recently I got the certification for smart recovery. And um, while I was doing that, like with everything, I was kind of making fun of myself, really. But like with every kind of recovery um, program that's out there, I always compare it to a I always see AA in it. I see the 12 steps and like everything. And in smart recovery, I could see the damn 12 steps in their program, you know? And so I was talking about that. I was going through their four points. And then I was talking about how I could relate to those as an AA person. And it was kind of a different, different take on things. But, you know, sometimes I'll do, I'll do something like that too, to just to get away from the standard, um, you know, formula, but there's nothing wrong with the, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Right. And, you know, 
Um, people can can look at it in different ways. There's no right way to share your story, but I think a lot of us would admit that we've we've been to some speaker meetings <laughs> where we're like, okay, that's 45 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. Um, and uh, you know, and well, I don't you I don't even agree with you know you shouldn't share drunkologues or anything like that because some of those things are are interesting. Um, but you know, for the whole uh, format, that's not very helpful. So that's why I kind of do a, a general outline when when I'm speaking. Um, you know, to be able to stay on task because otherwise, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm doing what I, I'm there for, you know, um, why am I there? You know, if it's to share, um, you know, and help somebody hopefully not feel as alone or, you know, to see that, yeah, there's someone in recovery who has a similar experience than trying to stay on, you know, some sort of a thing on, you know, what, what I did and, you know, why did I do it? You know, uh, why am I even in AA? <laughs> you know, so yeah, so I, I do um, have somewhat of an outline of, um, you know, staying on yeah task because otherwise i i mean you guys who listen to this know that well i'm gonna bring you into this too john that both john and i can get off on tangents really easily um and uh and so so yeah unfortunately with you know this podcast we can then get back on task next week if we need to or fix another uh, you know find another date to talk about you know something but in a speaker meeting um you know that's not the case so having having something that will remind me to stay on task of sharing my experience, strength and hope of, you know, sharing what it was like, what happened and what it's like now um, gives the, the full story of, you know, of my experience thus far. And I remember when I was new that I liked the speaker meetings because it gave, you know, the full story that you could see um, somebody would identify and, uh, or as I think they used to say it, qualify um, the beginning part of it, you know, what it was like, the qualifying, um, you know, tell us what kind of drinker they were like, were they, you know, a party or were they, uh, you know, literally drinking in their closets, you know, right. <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't think that you have to say, you know, how much you drank or for how long. I don't think any of that's important. I, I think that, uh, you know, getting into, you know, um, what, what happened to you when you drank um, is really, you know, the important part of, of what people are relating to. You know, so, so yeah, so I, I, you know, try to try to do that. And um, so that, so that people have an idea of what my drinking was like. And, um, and then I usually, you know, go into, um, well, let's hear what you, what you do. Well, one thing I was thinking, one thing I was thinking about Angela, when you were talking about having a little outline, that is really smart. One thing you should not do though is write out like a six page speech and read it to the audience. <laughs> right. I did right. that once. I did that at the live and let live group shortly after I came out publicly in AA as an atheist. And it was basically an atheist manifesto of revolution. you know. <laughs> and, and there was a guy that actually walked out on me and I really do not blame him at all. That was a really, really bad talk. But if I would have had just a little outline, that would have been kind right. of natural. Joe says yeah. my talk was a hit. That Joe is a, such a nice guy. But of, of course, now he would he say if, if it was if it wasn't, would he tell me I was a, I bombed? <laughs> I'll take <laughs> it. Thank not. you, Joe. It was Probably a lot of fun. Not. I really enjoyed it. It was a nice group. It was a lot of fun. You know that group. Um, 
uh, Toronto uh, Beyond Belief Group. Uh, I've I've been to an actual meeting there in Toronto back when we had the convention there, and that was a lot of fun. That was great to see everybody. And now they're having these Zoom meetings, and their Zoom meetings are real popular. So they get people from like all over the world going to their Zoom meetings to where it's like not even the Toronto meeting anymore. So now they're actually having little meetings on their own so that the group can kind of get together. And now they're having, and they also at the same time had these greater meetings where people from all over come and, you know, it's going to be, you know, I'm sure that those zoom meetings are going to stick around even after this pandemic, you know, and it's really cool that he would invite someone to come and speak at that meeting. That was, that was a a good idea. And I think I'm going to do that for the Kansas city, suggest it for our Kansas city group too. But, but yeah, um, a little outline is good. Just don't write a manifesto and lecture everybody. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, not, not very helpful. Yeah. I would also yeah. say, watch your time. One of the more yes. embarrassing moments that I ever had, <clears throat> I was probably sober, not even six months, maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit more than that. I don't know. And I went to speak somewhere with people who had decades of sobriety, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the first to speak. And for whatever damn reason, I decided to tell my entire life story from the time I was born up until that moment. And I, you know, I took up every, I took up all the time. The other people had no chance to talk. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was, was, I was so embarrassed. But then what was really funny though, I didn't even know it, but out in the audience was a neighbor of mine. And she didn't know I was in AA and she heard my entire life story, you know, and it was kind of, but but it was kind of cool because she was there with her daughter who was um, having a hard time. And turns out that, that I became friends with, with them and was kind of, you know, helping her daughter along a little bit, you know, and so it was kind of funny how that worked out. But yes, it was very embarrassing when the, when the people with all the sobriety didn't get a chance to talk while the newcomer was <laughs> plotting away. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like in, in, a, uh, in a meeting where you uh, recognize milestones and, you know, the person with 30 days has all the answers to recovery. Right. Um, and yeah. And the person with, you know, 20 years, you know, has, you know, two minutes and, yeah. uh, you know, um, it, it makes me laugh. But, but I will you know. say, though, what's funny now is I'm lucky if I can speak for 15 minutes. You know? <laughs> well, the way that the way that I do it is, um, you know, um, is I use the the middle section of my talk because I do divide it into into three um, so that I'm, again, staying on, on task of yeah. what my goal is um, at, as um doing the steps, you know, as how I do the steps. And that's what I find um, people both in secular recovery and, and really outside secular recovery um, find interesting and helpful. Um, so like on, on the AA Beyond Belief website, um, the talk that I gave there mm. um, was not to a secular group. Um, right. It was, and it was not to a, a group that even, you know, um, is one that I would attend on a re- regular basis. It was for a group where it was mostly what we um, refer to in Idaho as green cards, um, people who are assigned to go to AA by the court. So oh. like over half the people there, you know, were only there to get their cards signed. And then the other were, you know, a lot of people that, uh, that, you know, are kind of the, the all-stars of that kind of meeting, you know, they've got two or three years sobriety. And so they know, they know what's happening. Um, so it definitely was not a group that, um, that would normally, uh, identify with an 
atheist in recovery. Um, And so, and yet, you know, it, it went really well. And um, yeah, they were receptive. I, you know, and that's, that's another reason why I kind of, you know, try to try to um, get, get, a little plan in place of uh, what I'm going to say um, so that, uh, so that I can, you know, make sure that I'm addressing all the, the, the points in recovery that are universal um, and, um, and then show how, yeah. you know, me doing the secular steps is really not that yeah, different. That's we're trying right. to that's get at some of so the cool same things. Yeah. You did yeah. a good job with that. You were very respectful. Thanks. And that's the, that's the thing is you got to know your audience when it comes to, if you're going to speak as an atheist and you're at a traditional meeting um, mm-hmm. or a secularist, whatever um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, like, like what you did is just kind of have some understanding that, some of the most innocent things that to us to say could be shocking to someone else to hear. And (laughs) so I also try to find some common ground too, because there is a lot of common ground, probably more so than, than not. I mean, we have way more in common with each other than, than we, than not. I honestly think our experience is pretty much identical with a believers. It's just the way that we express it. That's the only thing that's different. I think in my opinion, and, yeah. and a lot of people, they've never heard that before. I, I did something similar. I spoke at the Liberty Group um, for their Alcathon a couple of years ago. And I think it was probably the first time that that group ever had um, someone that was an atheist speak. And it went, it mm-hmm. went just great. You know, I was, uh, I did, I talked about um, how I work my program as a secular person. And uh, mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about our group and so forth. And yeah, it was great, you know, and, and it was a, it was a good time. And I got to meet some yeah. nice people there. So. Very cool. Yeah. 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 One of the things I, I try to get in there, um, and I don't remember if I did on that one, um, but when I, I speak to um, to traditional uh, audiences, <laughs> people, <laughs> members, um, is, uh, is, you know, what it felt like, you know, um, in the meetings, you know, so, so what are the things that were difficult for me, you know, um, but share them in a respectful way. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then what are the things that were helpful, you know, um, what did, uh, so for me, like, people coming up to me after the meeting and sharing that, you know, their higher power is, you know, is this or their higher power is, you know, something on their dad dashboard or, you know, whatever. I, I, I've heard all sorts of, you know, crazy things, but, um, what was important is that in that is that they did care enough to come and, um, share with me that not everybody is the same. Not everybody right. does the God thing. And even those that do the God thing don't all do it the same. Exactly. And so it, it was that some of those little pieces that helped me, um, I don't know if it helped me feel included, but it helped keep that voice, you know, in the back of my head. That's like, you do not fit in here. You're not going to be able to stay sober in AA because you're an atheist, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it helped keep that at bay for a while as I was working the steps. And, um, and so I try to share stuff like that um, so that, uh, people who, you know, may, you know, be all in on the traditional will have an idea of what might be helpful to, you know, a newcomer that walks in, you know, rather than just telling them, you know, get a book, get a sponsor, get God and, you know, shut up. That so kind have of you thing. ever had an experience though, <laughs> where it didn't work out so well? Um, no, I, I don't, I don't think, um, in the in the meetings here, you haven't um, read your manifesto to anybody. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I didn't. I mean, well, in the beginning, I I was um, very outspoken oh. and at, at times rude. Uh-huh. Um, but but um, yeah, the community here um, 
has been fine with it. Really? <laughs> you know, they joke on, on my sobriety anniversary. I try to hit the meetings that I, I attended most in my early recovery um, that I may not attend now. And uh, yeah, and I hear stories of that I, I was very angry and, mm. um, and that, yeah, somebody, you know, suggested a higher power um, of the doorknob and I just went off and, and uh, you know, and it, it does make it funnier that it was in a church. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, expletives, everything and on um, the higher power doorknob thing. Um, so, I, I like that um, about your story. It's so different than me because you came in from the beginning I'm I'm not buying this BS. You know? Well, I I was like, oh, okay, I guess I well, whatever. I, I may as well try to try that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I was I was down and down and out. Um, but you know, I was. I think there was part of me that was you know really challenging them, like you know, can you help me? Yeah. Um, because I, I'm I'm an atheist, and that's not going to change. There's you know very little that I could think of that would cause me to change my beliefs. Because at one time I was going to be a minister, so I have mm, studied right. um, religion and uh, you know theory and history, and so yeah. So so I, I really didn't know if AA would be uh, be able to to help me, you right. know, um, and uh, yeah, and so um, so the Wait, anger Johnny's I think some of them took Johnny's it as a comment. challenge. Um, let's see. He says it's funny because I never worried that I could that I couldn't stay sober because I was an atheist. I just didn't think I'd be welcomed. That was my experience, but it took me twenty five years before I came out as an atheist. And I was totally comfortable with it. Oh, I said, oh, yeah, I get this. This is easy to, you know, it, my my sobriety is based upon what I do is very practical, blah, blah, blah. The steps, I, I just cross this stuff out. I'm fine. But I really wasn't welcomed to say that kind of stuff, or at least I didn't feel that way. Uh, yeah. It was not. Yeah. It was. No, I don't time. know if um, if it's it was that I didn't think that I could. uh get sober as an atheist. Um, I think it's get sober in AA as an atheist because there wasn't anything else in my area. And yeah. I, I tried, I, I looked, I looked for, you know, save ourselves. I looked for rational recovery. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't, um, didn't have any of that stuff. So tell me this, going back to speaking, have you ever spoken somewhere before and you had people in the audience that were kind of um, distracting you? Like they were um, like rolling their eyes or they were, um, yeah, yeah. um, no, I don't, I don't think that I have, I think the one that's recorded that you have up, um, on the website uh -huh. would be the closest because, okay. you know, people, you know, are looking at their phones and, uh, right, you know, right. and doing stuff and going in and out because they don't actually want to be there. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so there was some of that, but, you know, I knew that that wasn't about me and, uh, and and, you know, I, I kept my sights on people who were paying attention, um, you know, and the person who asked me to come and speak in the first place, you know. Um, and so that kept me kept me on track. And I knew that their stuff, you know, really wasn't about me right. at all. Um, and so, again, I, I tried to keep on what is, why, what am I doing here? You know, what's the purpose of me being here? And um, and that helps me to, yeah, you to can't stay let on, it be, on You track. can't let it distract you because sometimes you'll see an expression. And, and you think it's, I th I'll think it's about me that the guy mm -hmm. is, and it's usually not, but I've had a lot of experiences like, um, that were kind of bizarre. I mean, one time I was speaking and somebody threw up that was not, that was kind of disrupted the talk oh a bit. God. Yeah. 
And, wow. and then the Paseo wow. group, which I love, and I speak there um, every uh, Christmas for their Alcathon. And uh, one time, I, the first time I think I spoke there, it was like four o'clock in the morning, some really oddball time. And there was just two people in the room <laughs> and one guy left. <laughs> and it was just one, me and one guy. And, uh, but you know what I did with that one? I recorded it and turned it into a podcast. Nice. But, but one of one nice. one of the people in our in our chat room, she said that it would drive it would make her very nervous to record her talk. And I can I can understand that. But mm-hmm. um if you can get over that, I think it's I think it's really helpful. I like to have a library of secular AA speakers um and and to build that up because there are so many talks out there. Go to YouTube and look up AA speaker and you find yeah. all kinds of Joe and Charlies and Bill and Bobs and so forth. Right. But um very few atheists, but we're starting to build that library up and I would love to see more of it. So if people could record right. their stories and then send it to AA Beyond Belief, we'll put it on our YouTube channel and uh it just makes it makes it available, which is which which I like. But you know, it's not for everybody not everybody feels comfortable recording their story and that's fine but if you are i think it's a good idea yeah and uh you know that that's the biggest thing that i've got from um having mine on your website is that that you know it's the first time that some um people have heard of an atheist um doing steps in uh, AA. Right. Um, and, um, and, you know, and some of them have felt similarly to, you know, what I share, I felt and stuff, but, you know, um, it, it's renewed their hope <laughs> of staying sober either in AA or just, you know, kind of reinvigorated, um, uh, the program from, for them because I phrase things in a different way. And, um, and so, you know, that, that helps them to be able to think in a different way. So kind of like with you and smart recovery, you know, that, that you, you know, look at it and you see different parts of AA in it, but you know, it's, it's framed in a different way. And so now it, it gives you the ability to help other people who are looking to recover or who have substance, you know, abuse issues or use issues. And, um, and now you have multiple things you can do to help them different ways of phrasing things. And, um, and so, you know, I think that's, that's really important. And and that's the main reason why I did it. I can tell you that um, when you published it, I was horrified um, when it first came out. I seriously was. I, I listened to it and all I could hear were the ums and my stammering and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and it, it was, yeah, it, it took a lot for me to not ask you to take it down. That was a very popular... <laughs> That's a very popular recording. We got a lot of comments from that. But you know, I'm learning. um, This is kind of nerdy talk about editing podcasts. But um, at one time, I used to delete every single um and ah. Sometimes I will now. But especially in a talk, it gives it more of a dramatic effect. It gives it more of a realistic effect. Feel, I guess. So I try to leave leave them in. So that's why you had so many ums and ahs. (laughs) Also, it takes forever to delete them all. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny how people talk, though. People do talk in ums and ahs a lot. This is part of the language. Yeah. And so uh, I don't I don't hear it when other people talk as much. But you know, when I tried to listen to myself, I I yeah, it it doesn't doesn't work very well because uh, I I concentrate on on those things. So I just now just put stuff out there and somebody gets something out of it great and if they don't then that's okay too um 
So yeah, th- but that's that's kind of you know how I generally um, do that. Uh, um, you know, I do kind of a, an outline. I do take uh, the uh, the somewhat framework of experience strength and hope or what it used to be like what happened and what it's like now and um and then i try to to break it up with the what happened i try to make that kind of the the larger section because that's what most people are interested in hearing um at least from me is um how to do the steps in a secular way or how i did the steps in a secular way and was able to to stay sober without god um and then you know i i say at the end you know what it's like now is you you know what's my quality of life like yeah. now um you know and uh what's what's changed and what's important to me now um and you probably and, have more of that now than you used to i mean this is kind of what yeah. Bree is pointing out here um she says that she leaves more time in her discussion for questions she cuts her drunk log to like maybe five minutes of the talk and mm-hmm. i'm finding myself doing the same thing because um for me like i if i give my if i give my if i tell my story today I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm talking about ancient history and it's like, I just, it just doesn't, it just feels weird to me to do that. So it's mm-hmm. like, and, 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 you know, you, when you remember something that happened like 30 years ago, you start mm-hmm. to wonder, is that really the way it was? You know? So right. I, I just prefer to keep it, keep most of it like within the actual time that we're living in, because I was a different person back then. And, and yes, that's, I think that that was my story. I'm sure I've, I've you know, right. but you know, yeah. it's just kind of, and yeah. yeah, people don't. No, you know. I, I do think it's important to, you know, yeah, do a little bit in the front yeah. again, you know, they called it qualifying, but I remember for me that, you know, I would see people get up and they would, you know, often be, you know, dressed reasonably well here in, in Boise. Oh. I don't know that there are any that were, you know, suit up, show up kind of uh, things. I only learned about that from Joe last year, I think, <laughs> um, that they literally put suit on, suits on. Um, but, you know, they, they look good, like they have their stuff together. And so, you know, without them sharing at least part of, you know, what, uh, what brought them to AA, I, I don't know that I'd identify with them. And so that was helpful to me to see that you know, they had a life similar to mine or to how I was feeling, all of that kind of stuff. And then they did something and then their life is more of what they want it to be now. And so I needed the the full thing. And, um, and so that I thought that that's how I thought the speaker meetings were often more helpful than some of the individual meetings, because I'd only get like a a five minute thing from somebody, you know, and often it was, you know, how they do it now. Um, and, uh, usually giving it over to God. And, um, and so it was more helpful to me to go to the speaker and see, you know, the full, full experience. And then I felt like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this because, you know, I, I could see that this person did have some similarities. Um, you know, I don't know that I've heard anybody else talk about peeing their pants in public oh. at 2 a.m. in downtown Boise and then rolling in sprinklers to try to make it look like, you know, I passed out instead of uh, that I peed my pants. Um, but, <laughs> you know, people talking about, you know, um, yeah, crashing on people's couches and, you know, things like that um, I could relate to. And Something. and um, it was important in order for me to to take the rest of it seriously otherwise you know it just looked like upstanding citizens that you know (laughs) that were improving their life which was great everyone should do that so 
I've opened the phones, by the way. So if you'd like to call in and and share uh, your experience with speaking or tips that you might have, embarrassing moments, funny moments you may have had. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, James is from north of Boston. He said that uh-huh. AA is loaded with speaker meetings and he likes those over, over, over other types. I yeah. like AA in New England. Um, yeah. I got to know some people in, in um, outside of Boston and, and Southern Massachusetts who explained to me what the AA culture was like there. And this is back in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And they were really big on, I think they called them commitments. I'm not sure. But what they would do is groups of them would go to another town because in New mm-hmm. England, all these towns are pretty close together. You know, it's not like in, in Idaho where you have to drive forever or, <laughs> right. or something. But yeah, they got all these little towns all over the place and they'd all get together and they'd go. And that was a big part of their of their meetings um, was doing doing that kind of thing. And I, th- I, th- I think that's kind of cool. Um, I just, I really like the meetings in New England. I don't know if they're still that the way they are now as they were in the nineties, but back in the nineties, they used to be like um, the meetings up there were like an hour and a half also. Um, <laughs> and they'd always have like little breaks, you know? Um, so anyway, I like New England. I like the meetings up there. So when James wrote that, it just kind of reminded me of my visit up there in the 1990s and how much I enjoyed that. Oh, we got a caller. Let's see who this All is. Right. Hello, how are you? Very well. This is Kathy in Missouri. Oh, this Kathy. This is my second time calling. How about in. that? Hi. How are Hi, you? Kathy. <laughs> Very well. Hi, Angela. I just You just jogged my uh, my memory for, from something when you mentioned uh, Charlie and Bill and Bob, you know, the tapes and, and all that. And it's that I so much enjoy and appreciate when uh, you put women uh, speakers on the podcast or um so anyway that's i just would i'd like i like hearing more women yeah I, not, and, and there's not a, so, there's a shortage yeah. of it for sure isn't there well it, yes i don't think there's a shortage of women you're right about that and um, when i share my story it, it, it's uh, different at a women's meeting than it is mm-hmm. uh, yeah for a mixed meeting. Interesting. So, yeah. And that, so that just goes back to know your audience. Yes, you know, yes. Um, I think that's really important to know your audience. your audience. Yes, yes. Right. So, yeah, yeah, you're going to speak different so if that's you're... Really all... Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Kathy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that, that's really all. I'm enjoying listening to you and uh, really didn't want mean to interrupt your... Oh, flow. never an interruption. No, that's, that's what that's real, what this I is never, for. I don't get to say that enough. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it when we hear from women or are just different people. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. I like to have a variety to, to, um, Oh, she reminded me of something and I, now I forgot what I, what she reminded me of, but that's okay. It might, I might think of it, might think of it later, but, um, one thing we should mention is, um, is that there are apps that you can download to your phone. Um, to record your story. So you don't have to like speak um, at a speaker meeting that has like, you know, the big mic at, up front or anything like that, you know, if, if that's just something. Um, but yeah, so for me, I use an Android. And so I went to Google Play and downloaded the app Easy Voice Recorder. And there's like a free version and a pro version, of course. Um, I had used the free version for the one that that is on the website. Um, and so it, it worked you know just fine um, with the pro version you can you know um, I guess set some 
editing type uh, things or, you know, other stuff. But, um, but I know from the version I used that it was really simple, really easy, um, that I could do some like noise suppression um, because I knew it was going to be a speaker meeting. And so I knew there'd be background noise and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's pretty easy. And I believe, um, um, who was it uh, that used uh, their iPhone um, to record theirs for that John, you? John H. Yeah, from John, yeah. And yeah, the quality sorry. was excellent. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I'd recommend that to anybody who, you know, um, would like to share and, you know, particularly women or, you know, um, people of color or black people or, you know, any of that, um, that that's one way that, um, that you can do it is, is by downloading those apps. And, and the technology is just amazing, and uh, and I, of course, is fearful of it. But now, I mean, for work, I have to do things that I wasn't doing before. And once right. you do it a couple of times, it's like, it's not that hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I'm going to get off of here. All right, Thank Kathy. You. Thanks All for right. calling. Nice to talk to you again. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bye-bye. I'm looking forward to hearing Kathy's story, so... Hope you get that recorded this week, Kathy, so I can hear it. (laughs) If anybody's in Santa Barbara, California, when are they going to start meeting in person again? I don't know. I don't know when we're going to meet in person here in Kansas City. I think it might be a very long time. Very long time. Yeah. Um, I know that there are meetings in Boise that are meeting in person um, now. Um, I don't attend any of those meetings, and it's it's not something that I'll be doing in the near future. Um, yeah. Possibly, depending on you know how this month goes, um, I might be up for you know small groups in people's yard, you know, a small group setting and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, but our yeah, free thinkers good. group is starting to do that. They're meeting at the park at, a, at one of our parks here outside and they're going to wear a mask and keep their social distance and so forth. And I'm not going to join them, I'm afraid, but they're doing that. I don't, I'm still not comfortable doing it. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Being out there like that, but. um, Right. Yeah. So, but in our plan, that's, you know, they're okay to do that now. And so, um, so that's happening. And, and uh, so they do exist. Um, But uh, for our personal group, you know, we meet at the Unitarian Fellowship, and they're, you know, very much into, um, into the science. And so they're not opening it up for groups right now. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll wait, uh, you know, on them. And then I'm guessing our group will probably divide into those who feel that they're comfortable doing that. And then those who um, are going to stick with the uh, online and, um, and we are planning at least at this point to continue our Thursday meeting as an online meeting so that um, people have that option who have found us and, um, and don't have a secular meeting near them. And speaking of, um, speaking of speaker meetings, <laughs> um, speaking of meeting and speaker meetings, um, that, the, when James made his comment, he reminded me of when I was um, new to AA uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, we had in Kansas City more speaker meetings than we have now. We have hardly any now. But back then, we had like one meeting that was just huge where you'd have over a hundred people, which is big for us. 
in, in a meeting and it was held on Sundays um, in the morning and it was held at a hotel and people used to actually kind of dress up nice to go to the meeting and then you would go socialize afterwards. It was kind of a big deal. So people from all the different groups would get together in that one place to, to go to that speaker meeting. And then there was another um, popular meeting where it was just kind of like a little social event. You go to the meeting, then you have coffee and cookies afterwards. It was really nice. But we don't have very many of those left anymore. Now you have a few groups who will invite someone over to speak, but not like we used to have. And I do kind of miss that. That was kind of a nice way just to get to meet people from other groups even. Yeah, it sounds kind of like the Fight Club version of... <laughs> Twelve-step meetings where there's you know a bunch of different groups in yeah. uh, one one area into divided into smaller groups uh, for discussions. So. But you know, one of those speaker meetings, it was like one of the oldest meetings in Kansas City. Um, it started back in the '40s, and it was strictly a speaker meeting, and it no longer meets, uh, which which is really sad. But it was like for whatever reason, they they lost their appeal. Um, so I don't know. Society changes, our world changes. Lisa. At least it did around around here. I was going to ask you, Angela. Um, we were talking about the format, about you know the traditional format, what happened, what it's like, well, that format, how we. You know. So, what other kind of formats would you suggest? Because I've got some ideas. I wonder if you have any. Um, I I don't. Um... Because most of them, most people who have asked me about it, it's uh, they're new to, you know, it's their first time. Yeah. And so, and so I try to give them something that will um, help them put their nerves at ease. <laughs> um, and that uh, if they are nervous when they're up there and, and get um, flustered, that they can go back to pretty easily. Um, so I, I guess, you know, if you're asked to speak at a specific kind of meeting, then, you know, you, you would rephrase or, or do a different kind of format. So, like, I was really hoping if the Detroit thing had happened, which I guess they're doing an online thing now or whatever, um, but I was really hoping that I get, I'd i be asked to speak on, like, a third-step panel, you know, so on some sort of panel that has nothing to do with, you know, secular or agnostic or whatever, and then share my experience of, you know, of how I how I work the third step. And, um, and so that would be a different, um, format, you know, and a, and a different way of sharing my story. Yeah, that's what I'm talking um, about. Yeah, that's what I yeah, do too now. I'm doing a lot more of that to, now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to, or if it's like at a conference and they have a certain theme or something, I, I, I imagine I would, uh, you know, kind of, um, think about that and, and pick stories or experiences regarding that, uh, that theme. So See, I just started doing that over the last couple of years. <clears throat> I've started, um, instead of just doing the traditional, my story of what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, um, um, wonder what John H thinks about <laughs> anyway. Um, so I started doing other things like, um, like what you just said, like talking about a step and I, a couple years ago, maybe a year ago, whenever I was like really interested in steps six and seven, and I learned a lot about those steps. So when I go to meetings, I would share about those steps. You know, I would talk about those steps and what I learned. Or I talk about um, what I learned from a conversation I had with somebody and how they enlightened me about some aspect of recovery that I hadn't ever thought of before. Um, you know, th those types of things I'm, I'm speaking about a little bit more. And then what's always interesting is if you are someplace where someone doesn't know about a, uh, 
a secular person in AA. Just speaking about your experiences just as a secular person is is, is interesting. So, yeah, those those are just some things. Just last week doing. was it last week? I think it was last week. Um, I actually spoke at a women's uh, meeting that uh, usually meets in New York, and it was on the uh, on step six because you know it's June, and uh, <laughs> and so for those of you who are not familiar with traditional AA, a lot of uh, the step groups. Um, do the um the steps and have a step meeting every month at least um and it's whatever the number of the month is uh, is the corresponding step they're thinking of um or looking at so yeah so the i was asked to speak on on one that was on step six and so yeah so that's what i talked about was you know how i think of step six and how that differs from maybe how some other people think of it and and uh, you know for me mainly it's that i don't ask anything to to take character defects away from me because I don't consider anything character defects, you know, I, I consider it, you know, resources, um, or traits and, um, and I need them all. Um, those are actually really good steps for um, secular people to talk about. Oh, Hachi, by the way, Hachi B, I think that's how you pronounce Hachi. He was asking what John H thinks about what's going on in DC. And I don't know, but I will ask him and I know he, we, I could have him on a podcast and he can talk for an entire hour about what he thinks about what's going on in DC. <laughs> so he has an opinion. I guarantee you that. Definitely. No shortage, no shortage of them. And, you know, and they're interesting to, to listen to, you know, and that's what I like about this. Um, uh, the AA Beyond Belief is that uh, that I do hear, you know, these these different opinions, and and um, and I can take, you know, a little here and there, you know, the whole take what you like and leave the rest stuff, um, because yeah, um, all of them have something within them that uh, that I find interesting, or that you know I can consider later, or sometimes it's an example of how I I don't want to be, <laughs> you know, so uh, so yeah, so um, but yeah. We, we could definitely do that. Listening, actually listening to people um, since I've, since I've learned, since I've reached out and met other atheists, agnostics, free thinkers, and Alcoholics Anonymous. And since I started listening to them, it's amazing how much I have grown over the last five years, Angela, and how what used to shock the hell out of me no longer does. <laughs> what, name something. What's, oh, what's something the first time I couldn't believe what I heard. So I, somebody in Hachi is going to get get a kick out of this, but somebody was criticizing the, the steps. I thought, what? what? What are you doing? I can't believe that. You're saying something bad about the steps? Right. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. What do you mean you don't work the steps? And now I'm like totally relaxed about it. So yeah, I don't work. Right. I, I hardly work on myself sometimes. <laughs> right. right. So yeah. So now. Yeah. Oh, hatch. It's pronounced hatch. Oh, okay. That's how the Brits pronounce the letter H. I did not know that. I didn't ever knew that. Yeah. I would love to go to England, but right now they won't let Americans travel anywhere. In fact, I, I don't think they'll let British people travel anywhere either. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's it's probably wise for the world to not let yeah. <laughs> Americans travel. Yeah, it's funny. So. My wife and I, we were actually planning on going to London. I think this year, um, and we were really excited about it. And of course, that's not going to happen. One of these days, we'll make it. Yeah. So yeah. that would definitely be cool. I haven't been there either. Again, the phones are open. If you want to call, you can. It's eight one. What is our number? It was eight four four eight nine nine eight two seven. Eight. So please do call. Let us know what you think about speaking. Oh, yeah. Something else I was going to say. 
this is kind of an interesting little thing. We were talking about when I was new and how I am now, how I would have more to say back then and so forth. I'll tell you the very first time I ever spoke anywhere and I was, I was new and I went to a treatment center with a old timer. He was probably sober for 10, 15 years, whatever. It was just pretty old for me at that time. And, and, um, I was nervous as hell. And I thought, you know, I don't really, what am I going to say? I don't, you know, I'm barely sober myself. And he actually, he said, you know what, John, they're going to relate to you a hell of a lot more than they are me because right. you're, you're a lot closer to it. And, you know, yeah. I think he was right. And I still find that that's true that the people that are most recent um, to in their recovery um, mm-hmm. sometimes can reach uh, the newcomer, new people a little bit, a little bit better than someone who's been sober yeah. for you know, 20 or 30 years where it's just really even hard to even imagine. I remember when I was, you know, just within a month or two sober and someone told me that they were sober for a year or five years or 10 years or 20 years. I couldn't even fathom that. It's like, I felt like, I thought that like, oh man, they must not have any problems ever in their life. (laughs) Right. Right. And I find out later, no, you still have problems, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, we have another caller. Great. Let's see who this is. Hello. 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 Hi, how are you? Not too bad about you. Who is this? Hi, Robert. Oh, hi, Robert. What's up? Hi, comment. Not too bad. Not too bad. I just wanted to say hi to you guys and thank you for basically your service. First oh. on the well, thank uh, you. YouTube. Where are you from, yeah. Robert? Santa Barbara. From wherever? Oh, Santa Barbara. Oh, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. I'm sorry. Oh, you're the one that was asking about the um, meetings. and Was you going to meet again in Santa Barbara? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Boy, I tell you. Yeah. yeah, it might be good to post it in the, the Facebook group if you're uh, a part of that. I can't tell. Um right now um, because there might be somebody in there who has a better idea of what's going on in that area and, and might be able to, to meet up with you or get some direction, that kind of a thing. So do you miss cool. the, you, you obviously you must miss the face-to-face meetings. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. You, you must miss the face-to-face meetings. Are you having a difficult time with uh, a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It gets old after kind of a while. Crazy hectic right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. We're getting by. It's I'm like, good. um, it's weird when all of your interactions with people is through a screen. Like for me anyway, I'm working from home. So all of my people that I work with, they're all on a computer screen. And then when I end yeah. work, I shut down that computer. I put on my home computer and then all the people I'm interacting with are on a screen uh, and, I, and I always ask my wife if she would please communicate me through Zoom, if she could go in another room. And go, no, no, actually, she's like the only one I ever actually get to talk to face to face to face anymore. So, yeah. anyway, it'll happen sooner or later, but I don't know, man. I, I, I hope it happens sooner rather than later because it is difficult for a lot of people right now, for sure. I can understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any advice on maybe getting I, I have a sponsor right now he's an AA sponsor Christian obviously I, it'd be a little bit difficult I've already gone through the steps and 
you know, 10, 11, 12, per norm, but I've done everything basically based off of your guys' stuff work on YouTube. So any uh, idea maybe of getting a sponsor that might be local in the Santa Barbara area that's through secular or agnostic or whatnot? Um, yeah, I do know that they, they, you know, have some meetings. Um, I don't know how close they are because, you know, I'm in Idaho. And so close to me is like driving to Salt Lake for a concert or something, which is five hours away. So I don't know what close, you know, would mean for you. Um, but um, you can check on the, the secular AA website. That, that's where I go first, just to see, you know, um, if there are any that are within a distance that you're willing to, to drive to. Um, and then, you know, when they do open, definitely um, try to check one of those out, because even if it's a meeting that you're not going to go to regularly because it's too far, um, if you drive to it, you know, and, and talk to some people after the meeting there, then that might be a way for you to connect with somebody who is secular and who might, you know, meet you halfway um, at a coffee shop or something to um, do a sponsorship kind of situation. Um, but that's the, the direction that I would go. And then for right now, again, I would use, you know, AA Beyond Belief as, um, as a way to try to connect to people that are somewhat close to you. And, um, and maybe, you know, if there isn't a, a meeting where you're at, um, you guys can start one. Because um, I know there are several meetings that have started up on Zoom um, because, you know, that, that's uh, where we need to meet right now, um, but are planning to become physical meetings as soon as they can. And so it was, you know, a way, uh, partly a way for them to be able to connect with each other um, in a quicker time frame. And uh, yeah, so those are, those are a couple of my ideas. Do you have any thoughts, John? Cool. I think those are good suggestions. You could always ask around on Facebook, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you right now you're going to have to meet somebody online. But one thing I was thinking, though, is there are people out there that they don't necessarily have to be an atheist, agnostic, or even secular person. You could have a person who's religious who is totally accepting of your mm -hmm. path. Um, I, there are, I've met a lot of people actually who are, you know, um, atheist, but have Christian sponsors and vice versa. As a matter of fact, right. it might be rare, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just limit yourself yeah. to insisting that the person also has to share your worldview because sometimes you can have different worldviews, but you have a respect for each other's view. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have secular yeah. meetings, you know, just kind of listen um, for what people are saying in their shares. And if you can, you know, um, zoom in on, on well, not zoom, but if you can uh, see that they don't ever share about, you know, God in any of their shares, um, whether that's the topic or not, um, then that might be a person um, that uh, would be helpful to you. So, yeah. I think this was some good, yeah, good suggestions. It. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Robert. Thank you very much. It was nice to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. Take it easy. Boy, this hour has really gone by fast. We only have another six minutes. Yeah. Anybody oh. else want to call in? <laughs> yeah, call, go ahead and call in if you'd like to. I think we covered the topic pretty well, though. Um, we 
you talked about recording the stories and how easy it is. Those, those iPhones or, or um, other kind of phones, they work really, really well. It's amazing. I have some fancy digital recorders and they don't do that much better than if, if better at all than the iPhones. Um, John H's talk was the quality was excellent. Yeah. And mine, you can hear all of the ums and stammering, yeah. uh, as we said, you know, yeah. so it's pretty good. Yeah. But those programs on there are pretty, are pretty easy. And it's just so, it's just so easy to use. And all you have to do is put your phone down there and, yeah. you know, it's, and it's, and it's yeah. no big deal, but I really do and like it. would it. be helpful for people, you know, if you do, I mean, it you is. never know who would, who will hear it and, yeah. um, and it'll be, you know, just what they need either that day or, you know, in general to and, you know, not long ago. Not long ago, you couldn't find a talk anywhere on the internet from a secular person. They were very hard to find, and now they're not so hard to find. So we're building that library up, and that I, that's one thing I like. So I like to see that library build up so that we can put our voice out there to the world, that we can show that there is a secular path to sobriety with an AA. Um, I like that, but also for archival purposes, because what we're doing today is going to be history tomorrow and recording what we're doing today is preserving that history. So sometimes we don't often think about ourselves as, you know, doing anything that might, that anyone's going to care about in the future. But when you think about what we're going through, you know, AA during a pandemic going online uh, be, being an atheist, um, starting uh, having these atheist um, AA conferences or whatever secular AA conferences and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this is this is kind of new, you know. It's kind of interesting. So it's good to have our and a variety of experiences. That's the that's the coolest thing, in my opinion, about the secular people in AA. They're not, they don't walk lockstep. There's a huge variety of people. I mean, even amongst the people who'd identify as atheists, the way that they experience the program. Are, are, you know, the angry atheists, we we come in all varieties. We really do. we're angry at at the AA program. Sometimes we're angry at uh, the God thing. Sometimes we're angry uh, at GSO. And most of the time we're angry at each other. Um, But no. Very well. It's funny. The, uh, he, I'm sorry, Angela, the, um, this Facebook user, I don't know who it is, but he posted about, he could only find one Barry L speaker tape. Joe C at rebellion dogs radio had a, I've, I found this talk that Joe posted that Barry gave at, I think it was the Montreal, um, AA conference that was held in Montreal. And Barry was talking about the, um, tradition, um, the only, the third tradition, I think it is the only requirement for membership is to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he was talking about um, how that tradition came to be. And he was reading from it from the 12 and 12, the 12 mm-hmm. and 12 version was really sanitized from what actually, from how that actually occurred, why that yeah. tradition actually came about. And it was just really fascinating. Um, I'll try to find that talk on Joe's yeah. website and post it there. Cause I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I have not. Mm, it's really, really good. It's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah. Oh, he, and he has some talks of Barry's too. Yeah. I like to hear that. Um, I wonder if Barry was a non-believer. I don't really know. I don't know. Anyway, don't, not, not, not that important really. Right. So, well, any final thoughts to wrap things up, Angela? Um, no, um, you know, other than, uh, I would love it if people would record their 
their story, even um, if it's, you know, at their house right now and, um, and send them, you know, to you so that uh, you can post them because, you know, I, I, I think we need more diversity and, um, and it's important for helping other people um, so that they can, you know, have some hope. They can hear one person who may have a similar story or who may be able to phrase their recovery in such a way that, um, that they can relate to. And, uh, and I think, you know, we all need, um, need to have some, some hope and to be able to, you know, relate to, to people right now. I know there's a lot of people struggling, um, and uh, yeah, so if you'll if you'll do it, I would totally love that. And um, and it's pretty easy to do. And if anyone is um, interested and in, and they you know still are, are not sure how to uh, phrase things or you know something like that, feel free to um, contact us. And Jana uh, and yeah, you you can pass the email on to me, um, and I I'll be happy to to help you um, or give you some you know tips. Or, or work with you in some way so that that is easier um, because it's definitely needed. People need to hear your, your secular experience, um, you know, regardless of if you're agnostic or atheist or pagan or any of that. I mean, we need it all. And, um, and so, yeah, so I'm happy to help in that way. And next week we're going to have Willow on and we're going to talk about I having difficult so. conversations. That's yes. going to be, that's going to be interesting having a, it's going to be a difficult conversation. Just having a difficult <laughs> conversation. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so. And we got some podcasts I need to put out. I, I fell a little bit behind, but there's some really interesting podcasts that I, that I have recorded that I need to put out. First of all, I need to polish up the, the last two live streams and put those out as audio podcasts. And then I recorded a podcast with a friend of mine here in Kansas city, who's a comedian um, and oh, has cool. been sober for like a, I think almost 40 years or whatever. It was really a very nice talk that we had. And, uh, and then what was really fun, Sam from Lawrence and I, we read the book, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. And then we had a conversation about it, relating it to alcoholism and Sam did an amazing job. She nice. like, she like, like uh, she has a degree in history. So, I mean, not history, well, history, but she um, has a degree in, in English and she just did such a great job dissecting that book and explaining, you know, it was just really a fun, it was a really a fun conversation. So I'm looking forward to posting that out. Yeah. Um, to listen to. Yeah. And it was nice to read a classic too. Um, I, I was so inspired by doing that. I actually ordered some Hemingway, Hemingway from Amazon. Cause Ooh. I've never really read much Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. And so I may as Maybe well. People can put in, in, uh, in the Facebook group, you know, which of Hemingway we should read because, you know, he lived in Idaho. Um, and, uh, and I would love I didn't even to, know that. to read that with you. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was looking for other alcohol related novels and I know that, you know, Hemingway was quite a drinker. So I thought that maybe he wrote something about drinking and I think there, there, there might be some um, out there and I, I tried to order one. I can't remember which one it mm -hmm. was where there was a lot of drinking. I think it, he wrote a book that, um, I can't remember the title right now, but I've ordered it and it's a composite of different characters. Um, and they all have kind of drinking in common, I think. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, okay. okay. This is it. Let's, let me press the right button. There we go. I did it. Wow. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. People who posted, 
Neil and Robert for calling in and Kathy for calling in and Joe C for your nice comments and uh, (laughs) everybody. And thank you, Angela, once again, for uh, spending this uh, Friday evening with me chatting about things of interest to secular people and Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks, John. Take care, everybody.